Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. In light of all the things that's been going on in our country and in our culture, I want to share with you some basic biblical truths about what it's going to take to have a blessed home and a blessed family, a blessed community, and a blessed nation. It goes back to what God had already ordained that we have fathers and mothers in the family that will build a strong family. As we have just celebrated Father's Day, it is time for us to implement some of the characteristics of God our Father in being sure that our home and our family represents the kingdom of God. We honor and encourage every father to be like our Heavenly Father. Come and go with us today as we continue to walk in the light of God's Word. We have become heirs with Christ Jesus. We have, we have become heirs. We get what he gets. We have become heirs. He's put us in the family. He wrote us in the will. He said, now that you have come to me and I've poured out my grace upon you. The hymn writer said, oh, what a wonderful change has been wrought when Jesus came into my heart. And then in Ephesians, he wrote this to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. He said, for he chose us. In him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And then he goes on to say, in love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Christ Jesus. Oh, you need to understand what happened when you come down the aisle and said, I want to give my life to God. I want change in my life. It's not just you speaking out. Something happens when you come forward and you receive Jesus Christ and ask him to be your Lord and Savior. I mean, the paperwork get changed on your outcome. I mean, he stamped you with a seal of approval. And he says, now you are the sons of God. He says, you've been adopted as his son through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to be the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given in us the one he loves. And then verse 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin in accordance with the riches of God's grace. If you ever want to know who you were in Christ, you want to read this verse over and over and over. You have been adopted. You are sons of God. Now, if you don't know... Uh, that you are the sons of God. If you don't know that you have an heirship with Jesus Christ, you will live beneath your privilege. God said, that's my son. That's why Jesus gave the parable of the prodigal son. The prodigal son, the, the father had all kinds of riches, but the son was out living his own life, found himself eating slops with the pigs in the pig pen. And after a while, he came to himself, why am I doing this when my father is rich? And you got to come to yourself sometimes. And why am I going through all of this when God is my father? And he has everything I need. Sometimes you don't understand who your father is. Paul said this in the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 15. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, 
Father, that's that word that says you, can, you, don't, you don't even have to address him all the time with his formal name as Father. You can just call him Daddy. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Say we're God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. If we are his sons, we are heirs and co-heirs with Christ. So I want everybody just to sit up straight. I'm an heir and a co-heir with Christ. Come on, lift your head up and just say, I'm an heir, I'm a co-heir with Christ. Hallelujah. Don't let the devil keep beating us down. You got to tell him who you are. I'm an heir and a co-heir with Christ. Now, this is if you're saved. Now, if you're not saved, we're going to give you an opportunity to join our family. Everybody is a son of something. We're either the son of God or you're going to be like Jesus when he told those that were threatening him. And he said, you are of your father, the devil. The devil have children. And we used to be them, right? We, was, we were working for him. He was our daddy. He influenced us. We had his DNA. But when we came to Christ, that's why he said that the Holy Spirit came and set us free and redeemed us, put us on a new level and said, no, you don't belong to him anymore. You belong to Jesus Christ and I'm bringing you into my family. You see, everybody, people tell me, well, we all God's children. We're not all God's children. We're all God's creation, but we're not all God's children. <laughs> God said, you are the sons of God, have been redeemed and purchased and bought. And I put my spirit on the inside of you, poured out my grace and my love on you. You are the sons of God, and I am your father, says God. The Bible says that we should praise God for who he is, especially when we pray and when we sing, in fact, much of the Psalms are about praising God for who he is. Most people concentrate their praise in just a few areas on God's love and God's grace. But I want to talk about our father today and I want you to know what kind of father he is so that you can appreciate and accept him for who he is. Let me tell you one thing about our father that he's not. He is not an absentee father. He's always present. You can always find him, and he can always find you. So he's not an absentee father. And secondly, he's not a deadbeat dad. Paul says it this way, and my father shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. He's not a deadbeat dad. You don't have to put the man on him. You ain't got to sick the man on him saying he's not, he's not blessing me like he said he's going to bless me. But I want to tell you who our father is. First of all, our father is a father of all wisdom. In other words, God makes no mistakes. He's the father who knows best. That was a television sitcom back in the day when I was a small kid back in the 80s. Uh, that uh, the father knows best. Or was that the 60s? That was the 60s? Uh, well, it was black and white TV. When was that? 
How many of you had that little piece of plastic you put on your TV with the three colors on it, make it a color TV? I could tell what age you are now if you had that. That little piece of plastic, green, yellow, and red. You put that over the TV and tape it in. It's a color TV, so they were red when it was in the red part and yellow when it was in the yellow part. There was a sitcom called Father Knows Best. Well, God really knows best. Romans 11:33 says, Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. God is the God of all wisdom. That's why we can trust him that he knows best. God is also sovereign. We don't use that word a lot. We don't understand it a lot. We don't want to hear it a lot. But what that means is that he's free to do whatever he wants to do, and he knows what's best for us. He's sovereign. God is in control of everything that happens. God is sovereign. You know, and you want to be sovereign for your kids, don't you? Your kid want to go in there in the, in the kitchen and pull out the, the sharpest knife and play with it when they're three years old. You don't go and try to argue with them. You don't go and try to tell them that maybe our reason with you. You go snatch the knife. And you don't care whether they cry or throw a tantrum. You say, you're not going to have that. So you're sovereign. And sometimes God will do that in our lives. And no, that's not going to happen for you. You can get mad at him, but he said, no, you just don't know. I know. You don't know. Trust me, I got your best interest at heart. God is holy. This is the attribute that sets God apart from all created being. There's absolutely no sin, no evil thoughts in God at all. And wherever God shows up, that becomes a holy place. God is omniscient. That means he possesses perfect knowledge. And he have no need to learn anything. He already know. Come on, say he already know. God knows everything and his knowledge is infinite. He knows everything. And it is impossible to hide something from God. He already knows. But then God is faithful. Everything that God has promised will come to pass. Come on, say he's faithful. His faithfulness guarantees that fact. He's not going to lie. The Bible said it's God who cannot lie. He is faithful. You may not have received it yet, but if God promised it to you, it will happen because God is faithful. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Your father is faithful. I don't know what your earthly father did. He may have told you he was going to buy a gift for you and he never bought it. He may have told you he was going to pick you up at a certain time. He never came, but God is faithful. Whatever he tells you God will do it. He's going to honor his promise and he's so faithful that our hope of eternal life rests upon what he says. You came to him because he said anyone that believe on me will have everlasting life. You had to believe that to be saved. God is loving. Love is such an important part of God's character that the Apostle John wrote this in the book of 1 John. He said, you want to know who who God is? God is love. He didn't say God just love. That's who he is. His very essence is love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son because he loves in his very essence. 
Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for the sins of others is his ultimate act of love. God's love is not a love of emotion. It's a love of action. Then God is just. The Bible says that God is just, but it is his character that defines what being just really is. Being just just brings moral equity to everybody. He's going to treat everybody the same. When there are evil acts, justice demands there be a penalty. But because of his love, God paid the penalty by going to the cross himself as Jesus Christ. He paid it all. Jesus paid it all. All to him we owe. His justice needs to be satisfied. And he took care of it for all of us who will believe on Jesus Christ. That's what he did with his love. When he sent Christ to the cross, he looked at all of our sins that we committed, all that we will commit, and says, I'm going to cover that sin with the blood of Jesus Christ. He's going to pay the penalty for it, and I'm going to redeem you from that when you trust in Jesus Christ, my son. God is merciful. Our Father is merciful. His mercy gives to him his compassion for us. Since justice is satisfied in Jesus, God then is free to show us mercy. For all of us who's fallen him, he gives his mercy for us. His mercy is the way he desires to relate to us. He's a merciful God. He's a merciful Father. Great is his faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies we see. God is good. Our Father is a good Father. The goodness of God is that which disposes him to be kind and cordial and benevolent and full of goodwill toward men. He bestows his goodness upon us as his children. God is good. Come on, say he's good. God is gracious. He enjoys giving great gifts to those who love him. Even when we don't deserve it, God's grace pours out upon us. God's grace is not uh, one of these things that I'm going to take care of you if you deserve it. When we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to get right. He took us right in the middle of our sin and he poured out his grace upon us. Jesus Christ is the channel through which his grace moves towards us. And though God is infinitely far above our ability to fully understand him, he tells us through the scriptures the truths about himself that we can know him and be drawn to him to worship him. We have a father who loves us, a father who rescues us, a father who restores us when we fall. All through the scripture, he says, return to me and I will return to you. He never kicks us out and said, don't ever come back here again. When we mess up and all of us have messed up. When we mess up, we can come to him and, and with our head bowed and our, our heart of humility and brokenness, we come to God and he'll say, I hear you. Now lift up your head. Come boldly before my throne of grace and you can find help 
in a time of need. I don't know where you are today. You may feel separated from God. You may feel like he doesn't love you anymore. You may feel like uh, you've disappointed him so much that he will never, ever call you to himself again. But that's not the kind of father you have. You have a loving father, a gracious father, a father of restoration, a father who will restore and rebuild and bring you back to himself. I don't know what kind of relationship you have with your natural father, but God, our father, is altogether different. His arms are always open wide and saying, come on back to me. No matter what has happened and where you are, he said, if you return to me, I will return to you. That's the loving father we have. God, our loving father, is our comforter. He's the father and the God of all comfort. Paul said, the Spirit of God taught us to cry, Abba, Father, that intimate Aramaic term, Daddy. God is our Father. God loves us. He brought us with the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. And He adopted us into His family. He has given us eternal life. Let's say Happy Father's Day to God, our Father. I want you to bow your heads with me. You know, I just sense right now that there are some who may have been abandoned by your father, disenfranchised by your father, don't have a good relationship with your father. I want to let you know that your heavenly father will never abandon. There may be a father here who don't have a good relationship with your children. I want to offer a prayer right now for those who have had challenges of any kind with your father. This is not to embarrass us or point anything out. You just may not be on good speaking terms right now. Your father may have passed away and you never had a chance to reconcile the things that happen in your life. Here's a good time to do that. I'm going to ask you to stand on your feet wherever you are. and We're going to pray and just say, Lord, we want to release those things that are, may not have been quite right. My feelings I have of unforgiveness or bitterness or resentment. I want to ask the Lord to forgive me. Maybe I wasn't a father that I needed to be in the lives of my children. Here's a good time on this Father's Day. And then we're going to ask God, our Father, to help us through this. It may be one or two of you just say, I want to, I want to get some things right in my relationship, my father relationship. Thank you right where you are. Here's a good time. We're not trying to get in your business, but we want to just do some business right now. Those who are standing, we say, Father, we just thank you for these men and women who are standing. Every feeling, every expression, every thought about fatherhood and fathers, you know what's going on in their hearts and their minds right now. Help us, Almighty God, first and foremost, to reconcile in our hearts everything that needs to be reconciled with our parents, with our children. We ask you, Almighty God, to minister to these that are standing right now by your divine power and by your spirit. We bless you that you are our example. You are our Father. You are gracious and kind and you pour out all your grace and mercy upon us. Help us to learn to do the same. 
We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I want us to just thank God for being our Heavenly Father. Thank Him for calling us out of darkness into His marvelous light. We thank you, Father, for calling us. We thank you for bringing us into the family of believers. We thank you for our salvation. We thank you. We've crossed over from darkness to light. We've crossed over from death to life. We thank you, Father, right now for your divine favor and goodness and blessings in our life. Help us, Almighty God, to recognize who you are and to, to know that you're our Father and we belong to you. We thank you now, Lord, for all of our brothers and our sisters in the family of God. As fathers, we have a responsibility. God has given us and he's placed in us a position and a role in our homes and our families. We need the strength of God and the wisdom of God on how to be the father that he called us to be. Father, we just thank you for each of these men, each of these fathers. From the youngest to the eldest right now, we pray your divine favor and grace. We ask you to give us your wisdom, that we can have the wisdom to lead our families. We ask, Father, for your grace and your mercy and your goodness. We ask you to help us, Almighty God, to overcome all the things in our own lives, God, that may negatively impact our ability to be the fathers you've called us to be. We ask you to help us, God. Give us insight and guidance. I pray for each of these men, God. I pray for their, their health. I pray that they are healthy and whole in every way in their physical being. We pray that they will be healthy and whole in every way in their spiritual being. Help us, Almighty God. Right now, we need your help. And I pray for each and every one of these men. I thank you for these men. I thank you for these godly men. I thank you for men who are living a life that is pleasing unto you. I thank you for men who have, who have offered their bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto you. I thank you for men who are, who are examples of who you have called us to be, men who are leaders, men, God, who are examples before other men and before their sons and other boys. We thank you for these men that you've called forth right now in this day and this hour. We thank you for these men. We thank you for these fathers in this place Right now, in the name of Jesus, let your blessing go before them and let your blessings go up with us, O oh God. Bless us as we go out. Bless us as we come in. Bless us, Almighty God, in the name of Jesus. Let your glory rise in us, O oh God, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Come on, give God thanks for these men. This is Jerry G. Martin, and you've been listening to The Light of the World, and I certainly hope that you've been blessed by today's message. If you would like to hear this message in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You'll able to hear today's message and any previous messages that have aired on this station. We trust that God will continue to enrich your life as you walk in the light of his glory and his power. Jesus said he came as the light of the world, and then he says, now we are the light of the world. Maybe you are struggling right where you are. I want you to know that we're here to pray for you and to help you to grow spiritually. You can call us right now at our prayer line number, 
281-964-1393. Again, that's 281-964-1393. And we'll be standing by and praying for you. Maybe you want to make a decision for Christ today. We're here to stand with you and help you to walk through that. I invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World each Sunday morning. We're meeting in person at 16161 Old Humble Road. Again, that's 16161 Old Humble Road at 10 o'clock a.m. Or join us online at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. If you're looking for a Bible bookstore, come to our campus. The Beacon is right here. We have books, Bibles, church, and communion supplies. Call The Beacon, 281-441-2885. 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.